Hello, thank you as always for listening to The Tully Show. You know, I say this every single week. I always say I'm so excited to bring you this episode. I've never been lying, but I can definitely tell you I've, I've never been more excited to bring you a show than I am today. I've never been more excited to bring you a guest than I am today. Ever since I started not just The Tully Show, but just talking into a microphone for a living at the very top of my short guest wish list has been Thomas Lennon of Reno 911 and the state, etc., etc. fame. I'm happy to say it came together. I'm happy to say it was good for me. Definitely did not disappoint on my end, and I do not think it will disappoint on yours either. Stand by for that real quick. This will be the final Tully show of the year. I'll be back with a vengeance in 2022 between now and then. If you miss me, don't forget, I have literally 7 million Patreon-exclusive podcasts waiting to be enjoyed at patreon.com slash Mike Tully, patreon.com slash Mike Tully. Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live, on tape, on location in rapidly gentrifying Culver City, adjacent California, from my nine-year-old son's bedroom, boasting a partially obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Excuse me. Joining me today, a sought-after screenwriter, a New York Times best-selling author, and a ubiquitous comic actor, perhaps best known for his portrayal of Lieutenant Jim Dangle on the long-running series Reno 911, the cast of which has reunited for a brand-new film, Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon, streaming this week on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome, Thomas Lennon. Hi, Mike. It's so nice to be here in, uh, in your son's uh, basement in Culver City. I only have my closest friends in my son's bedroom. World headquarters of, uh, there's a little show that used to come out of Culver City. Maybe you've heard of it called The Dr. Demento Show. It used to come out of that same place. So you got great you got great radio mojo in Culver City, man. Was he in the, the K-Rock studio? He was, uh, there's a little studio. Over, yeah, I, I think now it's K-Rock. The, the, the studios, oh, we, we, we got real boring. We got wrapped around the reel at the very beginning of the podcast talking real estate in Culver, Culver City real estate. We're going to answer all your Culver City real estate questions calling to the Mike Tully show right now. It did. There used to be a place called Westwood One. Oh, oh, okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. I've lived everywhere over here. So, and yeah, he I, was somewhere around house- West. Exactly. And then it, it kind of keeps trading hands. But you're very close to where all that stuff happened. Yeah. And and the Wizard of Oz, but yes, also Doctor Demento. Good point. And then the movie based on let's go down. Let's call this episode "Going Down Rabbit Holes" with Mike and Tom. Um, also, a little movie called "Under the Rainbow," which is about the making of Wizard of Oz, and it was at the is about all the the Munchkins living in the Culver Hotel. That's exactly right. They did. Apparently, they tore it up, but good. I'm going to say it's a really great picture. It's a terrible picture. I don't know. You, Tom, mm-hmm. are my Mike. third. You are my third state mm-hmm. alum on oh, really? this show in like the last year and change following. Nice. You want me to want me to rank want me to rank them one, two, and three? Uh you you are you are joining the ranks of of Carrie and Michael Ian Black. Oh God. I mean that's also the 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 full on screen cast of Viva Variety. That's right. Who will be reuniting in January, I see. We've got a show uh January eighth, San Francisco. It's gonna be amazing. It's actually gonna be really fun. There's kind of a big secret about that show that I shouldn't say. Well, you should, just that's, how, that, that's how secrets work. You should tell us. Exactly I should what tell it is. you. I tell you the way. <laughs> wait, Mike, you're saying the way secret works is you go on yes. a podcast and you tell mm-hmm. everybody the bit that you. I'll just say this: it's January eighth. That could be a fun day in San Francisco because it goes the role models table read, and then like a couple hours later is the Viva Variety reunion. 
which made some me surprise I, appearances. You're telling me I got to book a plane ticket. I, I would show up in San Francisco on January 8th. I think it's going to be a very fun day. I'm hearing you loud and clear. Yeah. Um, let's talk about mm -hmm. Reno 911 and the reunion. When yeah. Reno 911 ended on Comedy Central, did you did you assume that was it? When was it your idea for it to come back, or do Quibi and Paramount Plus, et cetera, come a knocking? And at this point, can you safely say it will ever be over? Um, you know, tough to say, but I, I will say at the time that we were originally canceled, um, well, we you know we'd had a, we'd had a sort of internal turmoil in the group. Uh, and we ended up uh, killing off a couple of cast members, which was not a popular idea. And also, in hindsight, was just like we were just all like, you know, it's a little bit like the Fleetwood Mac story. You know, like sometimes you're in a band with folks for a long time. It, it It's very intense. I would I would argue that even my comedy group, The State, we have some, you know, you're it's like being in a band all the time. So we we got a little weird in season six of Reno and we got canceled season six. But the weird thing is that the ratings of Reno 911 at the time that we got canceled the first time were like one of the highest rated shows on Comedy Central ever. Like it's South Park, Chappelle, Reno, uh, even in like if you look at their data, those are the most successful shows in the history of Comedy Central take and that always Mencia. were. So we never. <laughs> I'm going to say Mike said, take that Mencia. He doesn't have any friends. It's OK. Hey. He. Uh... I'm not going after I'm not going after Carlos no, he, in a show he, like this. He's had enough. He's come on. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it was weird. I mean, it was very surprised. But I think, you know, they'd had like there was a sort of a new regime in and they were just like, oh, Reno 911 feels like old news. But I think what they weren't aware of is that they were never going to be able to replace it with anything quite as popular. Um, like my good friends, uh, Jordan and Keegan, who did Key and Peele. They will tell you themselves, most people watch Key and Peele on YouTube. They used to put ads during Key and Peele begging you to watch it on Comedy Central. They're like, please watch it on Comedy Central. It's a TV show that we do. But of course, we were there as, you know, as like people kind of stop watching TV like that. You know, right. I mean, the numbers well, the, and, and, yeah. and the nature mm -hmm. of the nature of sketch is such that you can take it in bites. And Reno 911 actually does have a through line that you want to see through for 20. That is why it has oddly kept going, because Reno 911 was originally just a failed sketch show. Right. And I want to ask yeah. you about that. So I talked to Carrie about that. I was not mm -hmm. aware of that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm surprised I didn't know that, how hastily the concept came together, the, the characters came together. I wonder in regard to, frankly, in regard to what she was doing with Trudy as well, how did you arrive at the Dangle character? It showed up so fully formed and yet so specific. To this day, I would find it hard to put into words exactly what the Dangle character is. Was it inspired by anyone or anything in particular? Yeah, Obviously, I think every single person on Reno is playing like a tiny nudge away from their actual persona, like just a little sliding doors. And Dangle is obviously just the more flamboyant version of me, you know, who's super into Stephen Sondheim and mojitos and nudity. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's like turned up. Geez, I'd love to say it's turned up 50 percent. That might not be true. <laughs> it might be a smaller percent than that. But um. So, yeah, I, I'd actually been doing a character with the name Lieutenant Jim Dangle at Stella, which is a show of some of the guys from the state. Um, but he was a different character. He was a guy that would. Uh, well, no, he was exactly almost the same character mustache. except Oh, except he had an eye patch. Um, so you're lucky Dangle never had an eye patch later. But um, he was a recruiter for Space McDonald's. So he was trying to get people to sign up to go to Space McDonald's. So I kept the name. And then if you look at the outfit. 
it would be hard to say I wasn't obviously influenced by Viggo Mortensen in the movie G.I. Jane. Have you seen it lately, G.I. Jane? I don't know that I've ever had the pleasure of watching the, 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 the Demi Moore. The, most think, people think of it as a Demi Moore vehicle. Some people think of it as a Demi Moore vehicle. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, you can see his balls because he's wearing plum smuggling <laughs> shorts the entire movie. He's got uh -huh. gorgeous highlights and a mustache. And unintentionally, I obviously just did that again. <laughs> so basically, uh, as my father would say, make all checks payable to Viggo Mortensen on the dangle outfit. The The character was way ahead of its time, at least in the culture, in terms of <clears throat> sexual fluidity. Where do you personally, again, as someone who's, I just so happen to have been rewatching this series with my wife mm -hmm. when the opportunity to speak to you come along. So I, it's mm -hmm. all fresh in my mind again. Where do you personally place Dangle on the hetero to homo spectrum? Oh, I, 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 it's amazing because I think one of the things that kept us off network TV was, if you ever see the original pilot of Reno, which is actually in both pilots, it ends with a scene where Dangle pulls over a, a a train a personal trainer and then they start flirting and we start time lapsing and time lapsing where they go through an entire workout and then they just make out for a long time and of course it's me and ben garant um, my partner in the show and it's so funny because people have come to me for years i'm like there's you know now there's going to be eight seasons two movies and they're like is dangle maybe <laughs> does he not know what's going on i'm like dangle is into dudes hard i don't know what the where the, if anything got lost in translation in fact dangle mar got married to dave holmes at least once i just thought because of the ongoing down oh, there's some stuff with, with trudy with yeah. trudy exactly yeah. that's the mm -hmm. only thing that ever that ever there's definitely some ongoing pause. stuff with trudy i think it might be i, I think I, I i think uh dangle probably represents that part of us that's you know that's pretty much up for anything you know all right all right that's that's a, maybe that's as much he's as he's definitely up for anything i'd say but leaning towards yeah yeah oh there's definitely a hard there's definitely a hard well, that was lean a, that's you, a fun thing about glory holes about reno where where dangles uh had relationships with uh jones yeah and and uh trudy and i forgot that I actually had a, a rather long kissing scene with nisi one time but until she, nisi sent me a picture of us uh <laughs> their tongues in each other's mouth for it was like for my birthday she was like happy birthday that's a, the, a great thing about doing a show we shot the pilot in the year 2000 and it's now what 20 almost 2022 like there are full episodes of reno that i don't really recall happening like there's just stuff that we did that i'm like what when did that when did we do that yeah yeah you know you've been at it for a while when that starts you've been at it for a little bit yeah can I ask you about Ben? Obviously, you can't speak on his behalf. I've always been curious. He keeps such a low profile um, publicly, you know, very flamboyant and uh, charismatic on camera. But is is there a particular method to his madness? Is he just smarter than the rest of us and keeping off of social media, et cetera? He, uh, he did decide to depart the sort of social stuff a long time ago, which I, I think will be a trend at some point but um yeah right yeah he was never into a social media guy he you know when ben came to new york he probably weighed about 90 pounds he looked like sid vicious but not quite as healthy um he was as pale as a ghost he had bright green hair he had the joker tattooed on him he was a really scary dude and i remember meeting him and i'm like i don't like this guy he's scary and he saw me and thought i don't like that guy he's scary because i wore suits but I'd been beaten. I got mugged in New York the my third week I was there. So I, I got beaten up really, really bad. Um, not quite almost killed, but I guess basically almost killed. And uh, so I had to wear my whole freshman year of NYU. I wore an eye patch to cover like my mangled right eye. 
but I would also then wear suits with bow ties. So I looked basically like some kind of weird, like Bond villain. <laughs> just, Precise, yeah, you should yeah. be petting a cat. Yeah, I definitely should have been petting a cat. So he Ben avoided me and I avoided him. And, and uh, I think it would have been surprised each of us to know that we would later write 10 or 12 films together and a book and three or four, t- three TV series, not to count the failed pilots. And of course the movies that didn't go, which is for every movie that went, there's probably four or five that did not go, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you about, about that. Um, I enjoyed the book writing movies for fun and profit, how we made mm-hmm. a billion dollars in the box of office and you can too. Mm-hmm. Now you obviously have things that you do that to me seem like passion projects and mm-hmm. other things that you do that seem a little bit more, mercenary sure it, it would seem i have some friends who are in screening i have a friend who mm. r- writes a bunch of children's movies and he's explained mm. to me the experience of going and he sits down with an executive and they go hey i was thinking maybe we just rewrite the whole thing and make the whole thing underwater and it becomes mm. obvious to him the person hasn't even read the script doesn't want to admit it so they're bluffing have, sure. have you experienced that level of uh, studio buffoonery oh my god we uh we had um we had an executive uh a pretty important head of a studio fall asleep during a pitch which was amazing just doze off for like 11 minutes we didn't wake him up um we had an what you do when he did wake up how do you how do you pick we just that went back right up? back into the pitch we there did the thing the executive we all just kind of looked at each other we just kind of kept going but he just fluttered back awake we're still i'm still friends with all these people by the way uh-huh. you got to learn how to have horrible things happen to you and not get mad about it that's the movie business um we got uh 40 minutes of notes we had we were, we were writing the incredible shrinking man for eddie murphy and uh, uh-huh. we were in a meeting at Universal with an executive who I won't say it was at the time, but at the time they were very high up. And this was almost a gift because she, she was able to talk, give us notes about what she wanted the movie to be. And about 40 minutes into her notes, we realized, oh, she's definitely never read the script that she has that's on her desk. But she was afraid to cancel the meeting. So now she's just talking. <laughs> and it was like, in a way, this is very impressive. I could I couldn't make up stuff about something I hadn't read for 40 minutes, but you could. We had we had a, if we put out a new book, a new version of writing movies for fun and profit, which everyone should read, it's great. Um it, it's I mean it's a funny book, but it, the, the the writing advice is true. Like yes, just, sure. it's like it's not that part's not really a joke. Um if we put out another book, we have twice as many stories of the screenwriting life, and they're twice as bad as what the stuff that's in the book way way worse things have happened since then do you find that to be uh is that just a a matter of chance or is that indicative of some way in which the movie system has evolved i mean the movies are the movie the movies have always been in the movies you know i'd say your odds of getting a movie made are actually better now you know there's a lot i mean it depends on if you wanted to come out in a movie theater or on a streaming thing but i look at the the reno movie on december 23rd on paramount plus look at the reno movie just look at it on paramount look at it and marvel at it Speaking um, of which, you 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 mm-hmm. grow the mustache back out. You're 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 at least method um, above the lip for. You know the... what? There was there was a couple Reno seasons. Uh, there's one or two I think where it's fake. Uh huh. And you can definitely tell. It right. looks terrible. Um. Also, you know, like a fake must doing scenes with a fake mustache would be like jumping out of an airplane and somebody else packed your parachute. You know, pack your own shoot. Grow your own stash. Grow your own stash. Pack your own shoot. Check your own shoot. Check your nuts and butts. Pack your own shoot. Grow your own stash. I think if that's going to say that on my tombstone. I just maybe just a big a big fake check, mustache. Check or if your you're own, sh- really, check your shoot. <laughs> don't fake it. 
Um, yeah, fake mustache is going to come off all the time. Yeah, and yeah. also you can't do like makeout scenes with Nisi and then someone someone's eating your mustache or something. And then really, what's the point of having started the thing in the first place? And then why you... did you do it? What are we even doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How on a scale of one to ten, how excited is your wife to see the mustache's uh, occasional return? Uh, you know, it's really interesting, and I think this might say something about my wife. She. The, I will like either have the mustache or shave the mustache and she will never notice for days. Yeah. And this is a, an indication that you got to remember everyone else is only thinking about themselves. Like those things that are in your head of like, Oh my God, everybody's staring at me this. Oh my God. I have a giant pimple right on that, next to my thing. No one's thinking about you. Everyone's in their own head stressed all the time, which is interesting because you can just walk around with a mustache and some folks don't notice. Right. Even the people that you've committed your life Even to. Even the people that with. you've, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Even those. Mm -hmm. um, have you spent much time in uh, in actual Reno? How are you received? I have, it? as a matter of fact, and I'm received pretty. Uh, what are we, are we being honest? Yeah. I'm received. I'm received pretty well in Reno. They it like tends it to go pretty well. The city of Reno actually follows me on social media, and I follow them and the mayor, of course. Um, my favorite thing that happened one time, I was asked to be the grand marshal of the University of Nevada Reno homecoming parade. And so they flew us out there. It was me and my wife and my very young son put us up in a hotel. And then one day there's this giant parade, the University of Nevada, Reno, uh, homecoming parade. But here's the thing. Reno's kind of that small town. So anyone who would look at the parade is already in the parade. So there aren't that many people left standing around to look at it. You're basically uh, in a parade that passes mm -hmm. six or eight kind of old timers on their lawn. And everyone else is just in the parade. But I was sitting in like the, an open station wagon, uh, convertible, going around town, waving at people in my Reno outfit. And someone pointed out to me, they're like, oh, you know, no one's going to think this is you. Because people t do dress up like Lieutenant Dangle. So it's just going to seem like some weird dude who's sitting in a car waving <laughs> at people. Right. And that's exactly what people thought. So no one thought El it was El me. Elvis has Las Vegas as Reno was, has used. It was pretty weird. And then... Um, Later on, went and like had a fun time at the, the school. And then the next day I went to check out and uh, the university had not paid for anything. They hadn't paid for our rooms. I don't think they'd paid for our, like everything was just up to me. And then I wrote them and they never wrote me back. Reno still got it. They still got it. They just like tricked us to coming. Yeah. And how about police? There's a part of me that would watch the show and think, well, you know, you're lampooning what they do. And not sure. all cops are noted for having a sense of humor about themselves sure. or what they do. But sure. I've I've also met a number of mm -hmm. guys who are I wouldn't necessarily guess are cops because they're just cool dudes who happen to take that on as a job. When you encounter mm -hmm. people who have watched the show who are policemen themselves, what sort of reactions do you hear to the way that you depict their lifestyle? Uh, most police officers that interact with me and it's usually fairly positive yeah um they tend to say that reno number one is the most accurate police show on television it's not any one of the it's not a dick wolf show it's not law and order it's not nypd blue it's not shows where like smart people are solving crimes and helping people it's like us sitting in the break room saying fuck your own food don't fuck other people's food in the break room right. like for better or worse, that is much closer to the real lives of a lot of our police officers. And I think I, I think I know why they say it feels like the most accurate police show on TV, um, which is just, you know, we, we structure scenes and sketches and the movie and stunts and like we know what we're doing for the most part. 
but we never, ever, ever write down dialogue, ever. So everything that people saying to each other is real, it's completely unfiltered, it's never been through a committee, you know? So especially in like the briefing when we're in the station, people say really things that you would never, ever get by any committee, you know? And even still, we, I mean, we almost never get flagged. I think there was like one thing they flagged in all of season seven, like one little thing that we got that like Comedy Central Viacom was like, you can't do that. But generally we do whatever we want <laughs> and we say whatever we want. And I think there's a reason that we've survived even in an era when you cannot mostly do that really. Right. And it's because it's because I think of our intentions, like the people that do Reno 911, one, we're a diverse group of people who are really friends. We weren't put together by some like, you know, we're not a, a, a K-pop band that was cast. And we genuinely are really nice bunch of people who really like each other. So like, I feel like there's something weird about Reno for as gross as the show is a lot. And the stuff that we say that is horrifying. I think it comes from a really, really, like it comes from a really upbeat place and a really upbeat bunch of people. So it, it makes me, feel like not all is wrong with the universe that Reno 911 outlived cops now fairly handily the show that that not only basically we got, inspired it we got our seventh or eighth season pickup the day that cops got canceled and I, I hate to throw shade at cops because actually um John Langley the creator of cops when he got his star on the walk of fame like 15 years ago we gave it to him in the in the Reno 911 outfits oh no kidding <laughs> no we presented John Langley his star on the walk of fame yeah well, what I was going to say is you have two things nobody would have predicted. You outlived Cops, the show that obviously mm -hmm. inspired Reno 911. Mm -hmm. and They have more episodes, but we did outlive them. Yes. yes. And, and a man mm -hmm. who seems to be um, a fairly good friend of yours, Weird Al, his career has now outlived Michael Jackson's, which is two things, two things Yeah, nobody would have probably predicted at the time that you each got started. Can I ask you about Weird mm -hmm. Al? You two... Sure. You two seem fairly close. I've seen you together on boats mm -hmm. and stuff on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's not easy making adult friends. How did that come together? Basically, who asked who on a man date? You it was or very, Al? It was very strange. So um, about 15 years ago, maybe seven, geez, maybe more like 17 years ago, I was at the Staples Office Supplies on, uh, on Sunset Boulevard in LA. It was like 11 in the morning. The store had just opened and I needed toner for the printer really bad. So I'm standing there, I have the mustache, and I'm standing at the printer toner aisle, and I look next to me and I see this crazy mane of hair. And I'm like, there's literally one person in the world with that hair. There's no, there's, it's not possible that it's anyone else. And I turn and I say, oh my God, and I say, excuse me, are, are you Weird Al Yankovic? And he says, why, yes, I am. Are you Lieutenant Dangle? And nice. I said, well, yes, I am. And I said, should we just decide to be best friends for life? And he said, okay. And then he put out his hand and we shook hands. Um, and I guess we must have exchanged numbers because I went home and I told my wife, I said, Weird Al's coming over for dinner tomorrow, which I guess is the offer I had made. And Jenny's like, who? Because girls don't always know who Weird Al is. It's just this is just a fact. It's one of their it's fatal weird. flaws. It's a weird thing. He falls into that sort of rush category where where like he's sort of hiding in plain sight to a lot of women. Yeah. Um, so Al comes over. And it turns out that we really, really click. I mean, we laugh at all the same things and we have the exact same sense of humor and we can, you know, like I, I, he's like 
a legitimate inspiration. I don't know if you've seen his shows, but Al plays, you know, he plays like Springsteen shows. He'll play for three hours. He'll do every song. He changes costume. He's probably the hardest working person I've ever met. And I consider myself a fairly hardworking person, but he puts me to shame with his level of dedication. I mean, when he goes on tour, he's about to go on tour. He's going on tour for almost seven months and he'll, he'll play almost every night of that seven month tour. Um, but it was weird as a kid, if you told me, um, you know, you're going to grow up to be best friends with Weird Al Yankovic, I would have said, I don't, that seems very far-fetched. Um, but the first man after the OBGYN, the first man that my son met at the hospital, it went me, Weird Al Yankovic was the next literally person he met on earth. It's a very guess, soft, uh, yeah. it's a soft landing for your it was arrival a great soft landing. on, it was on a, planet earth. I would say it's a, it's a very like really specific introduction to a certain type of guy from California who's like kind of a comedy vegetarian guy, which we both happen to be. Yeah. Have you ever met Morrissey? I have met Morrissey a couple of times. Um, enjoyed the experience. I've, I've heard no. things about that. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, here's the thing, you know, don't, don't always meet your, the, mis the mistake is on you for trying to meet your heroes. I, I will say, uh, no, the first time I met Morrissey, he was really, really sweet. And then other times it's, he's, he's a complicated guy, you know, this yes. is why we, this is why the music exists. But the first time I met him, really, really sweet. And then after, no, it was, I think this, here's what it is. After the first time I met him, he just didn't need to just meet me again. It was like, well, that happened. Now, what would you, why would we, why should we just sit around and make this, this awful thing where we pretend that we're all, we're all going to laugh and frolic. And, and he's like, no. So I um, met him once that time. Never tried again because the vibe got real chilly. But it's never as bad. The worst thing I ever did with a celebrity. I, I wish I could take this back. I, it was the worst moment. One of the most awkward moments of my life. But I was sitting on Melrose. Just got to L.A. You know, hadn't really seen a lot of like famous people. And my, 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 in my mind, who like famous people are is different, I think, than some people's. Yes. Like I can watch David Hasselhoff go by and I'll, I, it's okay. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit my pants. Well, that's not true. I got pretty excited when I saw Hasselhoff coming out of, out of the Santa house at the Grove one time. Anyway, end of the story. Sitting on Melrose, who's coming down the street? Holy shit, that is Tom Waits. I have a pen and pad in my hand and I mm -hmm. jump up and Tom Waits sees me coming and he says, make it quick. And I was like, Oh no, I already wish I hadn't. I'm on. What am I doing? I wish I could disappear now. Yeah. And I said, oh, oh, of course I'll make it so quick. I was like, Mr. Waits, could I, could I have your autograph? There was a long pause and he looked at me and he said, what are you going to do with it? And I was like, Oh, that's a great question. I said, I'm going to put it on my bulletin board next to Morrissey's autograph. And he said, oh, okay. And he signed it. And he was so mad at me. He was just furious. But I do have, I have a piece of paper with Tom Waits scribbled on it. And it looks, it's pronounced, it's drawn exactly the way he says it. Tom Waits. Like, it's oh, wow. just like such a, it's just went way down in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That persona, has, it runs yeah. deep. Yeah, but that was, um, I feel like every interaction I've ever had with someone who wanted to come up and talk to me and, or something has been influenced by Tom Waits looking at me like he really, really wanted to punch me in the face for coming up to him. 
Before I let you go, I wanted to uh, test the depth of your Morrissey mm. and, and Smith's knowledge in a very particular way. I noticed something peculiar about his music years and years ago, and maybe mm-hmm. you've noticed it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when a non-fan thinks of Morrissey Smith's music, mm-hmm. physical violence isn't the first thing that comes to mind, but there's actually lots and lots of depictions of violence mm-hmm. that is frequently bizarre in his songs. He's sure. fascinated by people hurting one another, while Absolutely. at the same time having no idea how that tends to the actually... is bigger than dinner plates. Perfect. Sure. I mean, okay. I, have hun- I mean, there's hundreds of them, sure. Exactly. So this is just, can you name the song based on the bizarre depiction of violence, a little segment I'm calling Morrissey's Melodies. Tom Sure. Lennon. Oh, uh, you're going to give mm-hmm. me the, the violence? I'm going to li- give you the song? That's exactly right. Fine. Is it? Uh, are we going the solo catalog or are we doing the Smith's? Or both? Uh, oh, Everything's Smith- fair game? Smith's and core solo catalog. We're not doing Fantastic. your... You don't have do- to give me too many clues. You don't All have right. to give me too many clues. Come on. Why do I give valuable time to people who I'd much rather... Peach, uh, kick in the eye. There you go. There you go. Wielding a... Wielding a bicycle chain. Oh, why won't you change? Change and be nice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Close, but I'll, I'll accept that. Wielding a bicycle chain? What, what <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Of oh, course, oh, that was oh. exactly right. Yeah. Oh, of course. Anonymous hey, call. By the way, I'm, I'm basically a robot that knows stuff about the Smiths. So let's... I, I, I will literally play this. I don't care when our heart out is. Let's keep going. Okay. Anonymous call. A poison pen. Poison pen. Anonymous call. A poison pen. God damn it. Oh. Oh. Come on. uh, Wow. You actually did stump me. I know I know it, but it's it's on the tip of my tongue. I can give you a clue if you'd like. And a little tiny clue, please. A blank in the small of the back. A knife in the small of the back? Is it a a knife? Revolver? A a brick, oddly oddly enough. Uh, Okay, you got me. What's the title of that one? Uh, I am hated for loving. The most on the nose. I'm hated for loving. Marcy. Yeah, that one's... I, I like that one. It's not in my rotation as much as you would think. Yeah, not too yeah. many people got to side B of Vauxhall. Yeah, sadly. a brick in this. Uh, is that on Vauxhall and I? Yeah, that's right after uh, Find Out for Great Yourself. Picture. Yeah. The sanest days are. That's, that's a good why, one. That's probably why I don't listen to that one because I endlessly repeat, "Why don't you find out for my, yourself?" Is my all-time favorite, um, Morrissey's song. It's By terrific. Far. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolutely underrated gem. You ever um, see the Killers? The Killers do a great cover of it if you haven't heard it. No, I will yeah. I will look that up as soon killers as we are done Killers out of Las here. Vegas, Nevada. Yep. Uh, let me see. Too easy. Two lumps, please. You can pin and mount me like a butterfly. First, first Smith song I ever heard, Reel Around the Fountain. Slap me on the patio, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, broke my spleen and broke my knee. And then he really lays into me. Um, broke my sp- oh, uh, the headmaster ritual. Yeah. No, oh, no, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I broke my spleen and then my knee, and then you really lays into me Friday night and have patience. Mm-hmm. But when I lied to her, oh, who said I lied because I never, I never? Who said I lied because I never? If you keep going, and you do so get to I the drank title. One, it became four, and when I fell on, on the, the floor, floor, I drank more. Johnny Marr, lovely guitar, and then we're back into the title of the song, which is. <laughs> Remind me. Stop me. Oh, ho, ho. Stop me. Stop, stop. me. Oh, ho, ho. Stop me. Sorry, there's one of those in there. Yep. Uh, I didn't even know this is what he was saying. Boot the grime of this world in the crotch, dear. Boot the grime of this world in the crotch, dear. And don't go home tonight. That's right. Two more. And he's got the guitar. 
Gotta do, I, the Johnny Mar guitar is actually not here. You have a Plus, jo- oh, you can't. I don't know. I do have the Johnny Mar Jaguar. Yeah, that was a Christmas present, was it not? It was. How do you know this? Maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I. 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 I, I yeah. I, I read that somewhere online. I don't. It wasn't. Sounds you know. accurate. Yeah. Um. Uh, I met Johnny Mar. Now he's a delightful guy to meet. He. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, deep. He'll never follow me on social. I don't know why. He just he he gave me exactly what I wanted. I handed him a single of um, uh, Big Mouth Strikes again. He flipped around, looked it back. He went, "That was a good one." Turned it back around, signed well, it, and handed it back. One, yeah. yeah, it's all you're looking for. Uh, let's just do one more. I got confused. I killed a horse. I can't help the way I feel. Oh, it's um um. I, I left my bag in Newport Pagwell. Oh um, I lost my bag in Newport Pagwell. Got confused, I killed a horse, don't know how I feel, and I can't say how I feel. What is the title of that one? Is it really so strange? Is it really? Okay, let's close with this one for the holiday season. Half a wines could be human cries. Closer comes the screaming knife. This beautiful creature must die. This beautiful creature must die. Our our death for no reason, and death for no reason is murder. So bad things happen to animals, too, in Morrissey songs also. Well, I just think it's odd that he, the Meet is Murder Guy is a song where he, he repeatedly brags about killing a horse. Clearly, he's got... That was always a weird one, I thought, too. You know, he... he uh, I got confused. I killed a horse. What's your... Fa- are you, you seem to be a deep-cut Smiths guy. Not quite as deep as you, but, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go pretty much, pretty much all the way. A rush and a push in the land is ours. Doing headmaster ritual now. Nice. Another underrated gym. Belligerent ghouls run Manchester schools. Swineless spine cemented mine. So leaves the troops jealous of youth. Same old two since 1962. He does a military to step down. I forgot that part down the nape of my neck. I used to know it when I played live. There's a lot right, of chords in that way song. Way over, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Every Johnny Mars got stuff that'll trick you. He's the best. He really is one on the very, very short list. Um, I wasn't expecting to get serenaded at 8.30 in the morning, and I do appreciate Man, it. I know. I gotta, it reminds me, i got to practice Headmaster Ritual. If you stop practicing Johnny Mars songs, you you get weak. You lose them. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you ever so much. It's been a pleasure. I've been a fan of yours, a huge fan of yours for a very long time. My son is now a huge fan Aww. of yours. So uh, um, I appreciate your time. And I'm so happy that Reno 911 carries on the uh, Reno 911, the hunt for QAnon streaming on. It's a hard title to pronounce. We love doing stupid titles. Reno 911, the hunt for QAnon. The actual original title of the first movie was Reno 911 exclamation point colon mm. Miami. That's just a typo. Ah. Yeah, that's a dumb, dumb typo, but that's how we do it. 
That's how you do it. Well, I'm glad you are. St- I'm glad you are still doing it. People can find that on Paramount Plus. Tom Lennon, thank you and Godspeed. Uh, by the way, all of the mm-hmm. state. Once you get Paramount Plus, every episode of the state is also on Paramount Plus. Oh, no kidding. Yep. We're all still watching them. the dumb DVDs over here, like idiots. You can get. You can watch a very high resolution. The me and all that gang at 22 years old, dipping our balls and stuff. Yeah, everybody still looks great. You guys have you haven't changed a bit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. A pleasure. Talk soon. London Day.